0: Now, from the rooftop of the Rockies, it's Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn.
1: Beautiful Sunday, summer afternoon here in Denver, Colorado. Jeff Hunt filling in for the great Dr. Matt Dunn, the dentist. You probably didn't know that. Maybe you did. Maybe he talks frequently about it. But he is uh, a man of, of incredible talent. Not only can he host radio shows, take care of all your dental needs. Friends, we're talking about this Jason Aldean song. I played it for you. There's nothing in those lyrics that are racist, nothing in the video that's racist. He's complaining about this violence that's taking place in our nation. And as I pointed out in a previous segment, that nobody paid for. Literally, the cost to the city of Denver for the BLM riots in 2020 was 15 million dollars. The rioters then sued the Denver police for another 14 million dollars. It was awarded to them because 20. No, it was sorry, five million dollars in damages, and then 14 million. So we're at 19 million. 19 million dollars. So five million dollars in damages. 14 million in punitive lawsuits afterwards. Now $19 million. Can you tell me one person was arrested for that? Had to pay for it? Dealt with it? The statues in front of the state capitol ripped down? The people's house? The legislature? Damaged? Violence? Spray paint? No one paid for it. No one at all. So Jason Aldean comes up with this song that says, Try that in a small town. And the left absolutely loses their mind. All right, artists, you're on with Jeff Hunt, 710 Kane US. What's up?
2: Hello, Jeff. Welcome. Um, it just, I was raised in Cleveland, Ohio, but I've been out here since 77. So I have gotten very liking and used to country western music. My first thought about Jason Aldean's song was. Yeah, that makes sense. In a small town, you know your neighbors, you care about your neighbors, you want to see them do well. There isn't the division of a big city. Mm -hmm. So if you see people getting hurt, you're going to stand up for the people you know, which are your neighbors. There's nothing unusual about that. I would stand up for the little cul-de-sac people, and I don't even know them that well. (laughs) But a small town, you know the people. And you're going to step up and make sure that they're safe. And the fact, I mean, I have not, you know, I went through the whole, I was born in 51, saw the whole racial issue, wasn't raised as a racist. Um, We actually had an exchange program at my high school with an all-black high school because we were a very waspy white high school. And three years later or so, my father I happened to mention it to some friends that were there for dinner that I had been to Glenville High School, and he was, he had no clue I had ever gone. Hmm. He's like, where? <laughs> and it was like, Dad, calm down. I, Yes, I spent the day to black high school. I wasn't hurt, wasn't murdered. Everything's cool. Give it a break. And I'm sure in his mind I was the most <sighs> non conservative that he'd ever had the misfortune of raising. And I'm very conservative. (laughs) But, you know, the whole race issue just wasn't part of what I learned in
1: school. People were people. Well, the idea that you believe that, honestly, today, though, according to the left, makes you a racist because what they what they (laughs) want to move away from. And I've dealt with I've, I've had to face these challenges, I mean, these direct confrontations to me the idea that you believe in martin luther king's vision that we judge somebody mm-hmm. by the content of their character not the color of their skin makes mm-hmm. you a racist to the left because what they want to do is judge everybody by their race and continue mm-hmm. to drive these racial issues and and so you have to be what's called anti-racist and that's kind of their 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 new thing anti-racist which you know well, is the, is the idea and- that you're going to now uh, denigrate white people and elevate other races. And if you're not willing to abide by that because you believe in Martin Luther King's vision that we should move past all this, judge somebody by the content of their character, then you are a bad person. It's crazy. They want to continue to drive this race narrative. Well, Go ahead, artist.
2: And they want us to get into small groups fighting yes. each other. Because yes. And then they can move in.
1: That's exactly I mean, right. I,
2: And it was the North, I need to remind them, BLM and Antifa makes no sense to me anyway, but it was the North that fought and died to stop, oh, gee, what was that? Oh, that little thing called slavery. Right. Right. And yet they keep trying to blame us now for racism. It's like, you people need to read history, and is that why they're tearing down statues? Because they don't want kids to know history.
1: Right, right. No, it, We have a
2: lot of bad things, but we have to learn them to know what's bad and what's good. That's
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. Artists, thank you so much for your call. You know, I, I want to go through. Here's the lyrics. And and someone just texted them. They're exactly right. The video shows a white woman yelling at a cop and shows a white man jumping on the burned car. Uh, this, you have to understand this is manufactured effort to make conservatives— feel bad about the values that you embrace. But here just here are some of the lyrics. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Okay? Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Is there anything racist about that? No. Don't sucker punch someone on the sidewalk. The left reads that. This is why they are the ultimate racist. They reach that, uh, read that and go, how dare you write something about black people? No, Jason Aldean didn't even mention that. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjack an old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool. Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop. Spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. If your mind immediately jump to black people when you read that, then yeah, you probably have a race problem. Jason Aldean's mind didn't do that. The women on The View did. So who's the real racist here? Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Round here we take care of our own. You cross that line. It won't take long for you to find out I recommend you don't try that in a small town. Did you read that and go, racism? Again, it's the left. It's the left that believes this. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that may fly in the city. Good luck. I had a discussion one time. We did a, a documentary with Lauren Bobert up in um, Rifle, Colorado, and um, we we had a discussion at at her restaurant, Shooters Grill. Is no longer there. I think the left tried to cancel her um, by taking away her lease. But we had a conversation there, and I and I and I wondered if at what point the black community in America was going to stop trusting the government to care for them with regards to guns and those types of things right so the black community if you if you go into black communities you'll, you'll find on the issue of education they have completely broken down with regards to their trust in government run schools they embraced charter schools almost at a point more than anybody else do because they understand that government run inner city schools do not care at all about education. And when you create charter schools, you create opportunity. And so black communities have recognized this and they're, they're embracing charter schools. And so I just raised this question. At what point are they going to start arming themselves? Because the police, generally very good people, but are totally outmatched in these inner city neighborhoods and with BLM and with all that other stuff, at what point are they going to start arming themselves to protect themselves? And you're seeing it. Some of the highest rates of new gun ownership are black women. So then you have this line, got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that may fly in the city. Good luck. I think you're going to see other communities willing to embrace gun ownership too. Jeff Hunt filling in for Matt Dunn, 710K and US. We'll be right back.
0: Text the studio directly on the 710 KNUS app. Get it free at the App Store or Google Play.
3: American
0: girls and American guys will always stand up and salute We'll always recognize When we
3: see your glory flying There's a lot of men dead So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the
0: Army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my money.
1: Jeff Hunt, uh, filling in here for Dr. Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, 710 KNUS. so jason aldean's song cj pearson responds to it rappers talk all the time about what will happen if you come into their hood what's wrong with jason aldean and country music doing the same cj pearson's great we hosted him at the western conservative summit um and uh he is pushing back against the woke narrative a young black man jason aldean's latest song is about criminals If you're assuming it's about black people and describing it as racist, that says a lot more about you than it does about Jason. Thank you, C.J. Pearson. Here's the ladies from The View. Cut three.
4: Because maybe he doesn't consciously realize why a lot of people are not okay with this song. And you should really listen to that. I'm actually not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm pleased that you are and well, you, I'm pleased you, you that you do are. agree that he should be allowed to say whatever he because wants. Because as a lawyer, when I put my legal hat on, yeah, okay. I don't believe in censorship. Right. However, this man is from Macon, Georgia. My father's from Augusta, Georgia and Macon, Georgia. I oh. spent many summers there. Yeah, both. I spent many summers mm-hmm. there. It is one of the most racist, Places in this country, mm-hmm. so don't tell me that? that he knew nothing I'm about not, what that imagery I didn't meant say did and know what he. Did. he uh, so I don't give him the benefit. But I'm saying of, along him with him, more doubt. people should the also other, be held accountable. The other, the other thing countable. is that what I what was evoked for me, which was no. you know, I, you're not going to get out of this town. Yeah. Are those sundown? Yeah, don't let the sun areas go down on because your Because there, there were times when black people. My mother's in the audience today. Thank you for coming. Um, And my mother and father, because they were an interracial couple, were run out of South Carolina by the KKK. And my father is still scarred from that experience, and you are still scarred from that experience. We're all still scarred from that experience. So don't tell me... That not only was he aware of what he was doing by using that imagery, he embraces that imagery. And unfortunately, this became the number one song on U.S. iTunes. We have a problem in this country about race, and the biggest problem is we refuse to admit that it exists well don't you think well, that nope. a that's the, the nope. a lot of this F- stuff yeah. we don't inject it everywhere is, <laughs> is about race the cities have yes, more black horses. people than the small towns Of course, and you, that's that's know, you turn on fox imagery. news you turn on fox news any given time of the day and there is all these stories about new york and california being crime ridden states yes, the states with the worst murder, murder rates are all red states. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and You're Missouri. You're making it Democrat-Republican. There are a lot of small towns that are not... This Republican. is all political but, stuff. But I, I know, but I'm saying that not every can, small town is a, a, a red or a blue. So the the ones, the way I we need one. some He's ads, though. Oh, you my gosh. Oh, I on. get a headache
1: listening are? to this.
4: I have a legal note. Really? Yes. You do. Shocking. Jason Aldean defended his song in a statement, saying the references people have made are not only meritless but dangerous he added there is not a single lyric in that nope. song that references race not or one. points to it and there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage Did you ever hear of a dog whistle and while i can try and respect oh, others to the have old their dog
0: own interpretation whistle. of a
4: song with music <laughs> this one goes too far <laughs> no He's, so I, that's that what's so, so
1: interesting warm. about all of this is it does go too far You've gone too far. Oh my goodness. Whoopee. All right. So I looked up. um Was it Macon? Macon, Bibb County, Georgia. Demographics. Because you remember, you hear the, the lady from The View talking about how awfully racist it is 38% white, 54% black. I don't. I mean, if you're a resident of that county, you've she was horrible in denigrating your county on national television or that city, Macon, Georgia. My goodness. She called it horribly racist. Yikes. Doesn't seem like the demographics would support that whatsoever. And I think I'd be a little upset on that. Rolling Stone continued with this effort here. They've got an article titled, Here's What's Wrong with Jason Aldean's Vision of America. And they bring in Trump and they bring in all this stuff. When Dr. Carlos Hill first watched Jason Aldean's video, try that in a small town, he saw the current conservative American political moment flash before his eyes. It's the narrative of Make America Great Again, of white nationalism. Again, there's nothing in there. Hill, a professor of African and African American studies at the University of Oklahoma, tells Rolling Stone, but it's packaged in this really nice, sweet, seemingly benign package of country music. This effort, this effort by the left to try to find racism everywhere. And as one of the previous callers said, you know. I think most of us just want to judge somebody by the content of their character. That's what I grew up, publicly educated. Cherry Creek High School school system. Martin Luther King was the vision. We want to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That was the belief. And this effort now by the left, because they rely, they're they like Vampires. That must suck the blood of unity anywhere they can. They they maybe not even unity div, division. That's better. They, I was thinking they want to take the unity out of America, but I think they live. It's a better image there. They live. They're like vampires who live off of this division. We need to force division everywhere, and it gets into the Marxist worldview. The Marxist world. These are not friends. These are not old school Democrats. This is not Kennedy Democrats. This is leftists, and the leftists look at everything in the viewpoint of those that have power and those that don't. That's how the world's structured. There are those that have power and then those that that don't. And those that have power need to be stripped of their power until they get in power, by the way. And to do so, they divide everybody into these categories. Have you heard the term intersectionality? Okay. Intersectionality only works if you think of people in small little categories. Right. So, first, we're going to divide people upon sex. If you're male, you have dominant power over female. And so, the whole feminist movement was to address that. There's different waves of feminism, but we must take the power from male, give it to female. And in this case, I think during the radical left right now, is to denigrate maleness down to squish it like a bug. You know, the idea that that anything male is bad. That's where we are right now. Okay, so you have sex, and then you have race. So if you are white, we're going to divide everyone white, black, Hispanic, Asian. And the narrative used to be That it was white up at the top and then everybody else at the bottom. But as you saw in that recent Supreme Court decision, that oftentimes Asians are doing far better than even whites are when it comes to higher education. So that that narrative is falling apart. But that was the initial narrative. And then we're going to divide people based upon religion. We're going to divide people based upon economics. We're going to divide people based upon Geography. We're going to divide, 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 divide. Have you heard that? Here's the kicker. Have you heard the term? Diversity is our strength, not unity is our strength, not e pluribus unum is our strength. Diversity is our strength. So you just see how that all falls together? Divide, 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 and then they they see a song of someone taking joy in their local town and pushing back against violence and they've got to fit it into this narrative. And that is what Jason Aldean was up against. The conservative grassroots pushback made his song number one song in America. We'll be right back. Jeff Hunt filling in for Matt Dunn. We'll be right back.
0: More than just headlines. This is Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn. News Talk 710 KNUS. he's a daughter and a son. Be a lover to their mother Everything to everyone Up and out on bright and early I'm all business in my suit Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway providing for our futures my responsibility yeah i'm real good on the pressure being all that i can be
1: jeff hunt filling in for matt dunn on backbone radio steve is lamenting that people even watch the view i know brother i get it Because you just listen to that, you know, like uh, they're just generating, they're just generating controversy that doesn't exist there. All right. So this all happens this week. The View comes out, condemns Jason Aldean's song. Try that in a small town is racist. Rolling Stone writes against it. Jason Aldean goes on stage two nights ago. I love our
3: country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love my country, I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> USA! 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 And here's what I want to say a lot of things out there, and one thing I love, you guys know how it is this day and age, cancel culture is a thing. That's something that. If people don't like what you say, they try and make sure that they can cancel you, which means try and ruin your life, ruin everything.
1: One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that can see through a lot of the bullshit. All right. Jason Aldean uh, responds and and pushes back on that and t- basically stands up for his values and for America. And he's not going to be back. He's not going to be forced to back off. He's going to stay committed. He loves America. And this song is not racist. It's not racist. So he's going to continue to push forward. The song is now number one in the nation. And good for Jason Aldean. Now, Jason's not a saint. But I'm glad that he's standing up against it. And I think conservatives have finally realized the power they have in this nation to destroy these woke companies like Bud Light, Target, Disney, and to support the good ones all right Reb's on the line what's up Reb how you doing brother did we end up with Reb is he still on the line hey Reb you there all right we lost Reb all right Tony from Denver Denver The main controversy about Aldine's song is the accompanying video. His song is basically about vigilanteism. The video was filmed on the site of a famous vigilante-style lynching of an 18-year-old black man. Do you really think they knew that? Do you think they were trying to? I don't think they. I think they just filmed a country music song in the South, and they just dug up any type of history associated with it. And plus, the way you write that, the video is filmed on the site of a famous vigilante-style lynching. Wasn't it just a city square? After Ahmad Arbery was killed by white men looking out for theirs, messages like Aldean's are tone deaf at best. And it's sad that it's OK to not want racial issues shoved down your throat but won't acknowledge that racism still exists. I think racism exists. I don't think it's systemic. Tony, you're welcome to call in 303-696-1971. We can have a conversation 303-696-1971. If you can show me where there is systemic racism, and what I mean by that is a system set up to generate and perpetuate racism, Now that I talk about it, I think that's the entire Democratic Party. But the idea of looking out for your own, as C.J. Pearson said, there's a million rap songs about that. About protecting their hood, protecting their friends. But Jason Aldean does it, and it's to be shamed. Snoop Dogg did a video where he put a gun to a fake Donald Trump's head and pulled the trigger. And all of a sudden, it's only when country music mentions guns or violence that we're going to get critiques on The View. Tony, you're welcome to jump in, but the idea that uh, we're not acknowledging that racism still exists isn't true, but it's definitely not in this song. And the fact that they picked out this square, this town square to film, and that, that somehow sending a dog whistle message, it just isn't true at all. All right, it's Reb back. All right, Reb, you're on 710K and U.S. What's up?
3: Well, we're listening to the analysis of the song you were talking, because we're above a scout, Reb. We're top of the Pentagon to restore order in America, by the way. It's all over the internet.
1: The so pe- who's going to restore this, order? The Pentagon?
3: Damn right! It's U.S. Public Law One Zero Nine Dash 1076 Your own station carries General Valley, General McInerney. They ain't going to win no elections. It's all hammer and scorecard. Run by the Chai They'll put in whoever they want. There's going to be riots in America when twenty four comes up. Look, Mister, the one who was singing that song. It's Dave from Michigan. He's been calling in. It's a PSYOP. We know it because he was the one on stage at that music festival in Las Vegas telling everybody, sit down in your seats and take it. He was singing that song he told everybody when they opened fire from up above at the Mandalay Bay, blasting into 600 bodies. Hey,
1: Reb, did we ever find out? We have never found out why that guy did that. That that, that information was never out there. You'll never...
3: It was done by the Las Vegas guinea. the government intruder, no intelligence. It was done deliberately. I wasn't a bum stock. Somebody told me about a bum. I said, "Isn't that the people on the streets of American cities?" No, that's a Woodstock
1: freak. Bumstock, Woodstock. Turns out, Blake, are you automatic. a bumstock? Would you put yourself in the category? Of I don't stock? think I'm a part of the bumstock no. <laughs> but I'm just
3: calling. This the bumstock was Mr. Forty Five. He banned the bumstock because he didn't even know what it was.
1: No, I don't. It don't, I don't.
3: make no. It doesn't make a, a rifle automatic fire. That was automatic rifle fire. There were people witnessing down on the street, uniform people firing into the crowd. It was a, that was a psyop, just like these songs are. Conway Twitty, I, I go back a long time to Texas. Well, look, We're talking Connie Smith, Kitty Wells, Wanda Jackson, <laughs> In the old days, the real country. But there wasn't real country. Conway Twitty exposed it, him and his gang, it was all to break up the family, like Norville Phillips. It was all in cheating songs. We knew all about it. It was subversive from the start. Nashville's an internationalist, UN-run city. It's all freaks and low-lives. Well, I, I miss my
1: Johnny Cash rib. Thanks for the call, buddy. Um, but, I, I do. I think there's a change with... There has been a change from the good old Johnny Cash type of Hank Williams country to... Taylor Swift, you can't even call Taylor Swift country anymore. Did you go to Taylor Swift, Blake? Were you one of the 150,000 people that went there over the first few days? Unfortunately, no, I was not there. Do you see the GDP from the amount of money that that tour is making will beat the entire GDP of 37 countries? That's what I heard. Everywhere she goes, she boosts the economy. (laughs) It's amazing. It is amazing. I have a 14-year-old daughter that wanted nothing to do with it. Nice. You raised, it right. you raised another <laughs> want, champion. I'm sitting there going, every other teenage girl in the country wants to be at this Taylor Swift concert. And I even asked my daughter, I said, do you want to go to this? And she's like, no.
0: She likes Janis no. Joplin, right?
1: She uh, <laughs> She's kind of like, uh, she likes kind of, uh, Christian music and she just reads books all day. I it, This is the funniest thing because I've gotten through two undergraduate degrees and two master's degrees and I'm not sure I ever finished the book. I read I read the um I read the forewords for all these books and then could just take the test about them. And then God gives me a daughter that just sits and reads and reads and reads all day and I and I'm not that type of person at all. So the rebellion in my family cuz I used to go Blake, you may not believe this. I went to Marilyn Manson concerts. I went to Whoa. I went to Guar concerts. I went Gwar. through <laughs> don't Google Guar. Uh, <laughs> now everyone's gonna Google GWAR. I went through a whole goth phase. I shaved my head to look like the Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy and the Corrigan, live singer, nice. Billy Corrigan, the guys from live. I went through a whole red hot chili peppers fan phase, and Dang, then of course. Dude. Gwar, Marilyn manse i had black fingernails and all that yeah. stuff so then i get a daughter like my poor parents had to deal with that that was my teenage rebellion my daughter is like the academic of all academics and i i don't know how to communicate to her you know how parents are trying to communicate to their teenage kids and they can't because they're into like rock music and stuff my daughter is into books And that's the world that I live in. All right, Jeff Hunt filling in for Matt Dunn. We'll be right back after these messages. 710 KNUS. News Talk
0: 710 KNUS. Listen live on Odyssey. Now more Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn, News Talk 710 KNUS, Denver's local
1: talk leader. This guy was so good at the Western Conservative Summit. Cafe Anderson. Probably the highlight, in my opinion. We had some great speakers. It's but the
0: goods and it's the glory.
1: He played this song acoustic.
0: Times, it's the pledge of allegiance on the 4th of July. It's some handwritten letters from home. It's some sleepless nights alone
1: This is called Mr. Mr. Red, White and Blue by Cafe Anderson Anderson. He's a conservative, country, music star Check him out Jeff Hunt filling in for the great Dr. Dr. Matt Dunn on Backbone Radio Thanks so much for listening Beautiful Sunday, summer, afternoon, barbecue It's just about 6 o'clock Are you a barbecuer? Blake, you, you get the grill out at all?
0: Uh, I still have to pick up my grill for my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lazy barbecue. Were,
1: were you guys getting together and then you just left it there or something? Is that how that worked out?
0: No, I moved and he took it off my hands and then he said there's a leak or something. Charcoal
1: or gas? Uh, gas. Propane and propane you, uh, accessories. You enjoy that while well, you can, brother, because, man, I saw Denver Post has an article out about how bad gas stoves are because it's going to kill you. I think they're going to limit those to outdoor only it's uh It's nuts going on out there. all right. uh Mike Johnston, new mayor of Denver, declared a state of emergency his first day in office to address homelessness and said that it was his top issue. number one, top issue. You ready? Listen to this.
0: Now at five, the city's new mayor, Mike Johnson, says he wants to improve the cleanliness of homeless encampments. And some neighbors worried that means there will be no more sweeps of those camps. Our political specialist, Sean Boyd, spent the day working on clarifying what this all means, and she is live right now. What can you tell us,
5: Sean? sources told me that the mayor enacted a moratorium on sweeps through the end of the year when I asked his office about that his spokesperson said not true that he would continue to close large encampments but she said he would also clean those encampments to meet the basic hygiene and housekeeping needs of the people who live there to some Denverites that just doesn't make sense why clean an encampment if you plan to close it Cleaner and comfier encampments, that's the goal of Denver's new mayor, Mike Johnston. Or at least that's how Craig Arvston sees it.
6: I heard that the mayor is going to bring in porta potties, dumpsters, showers. The mayor is going to make their life more comfortable. But what about the lives of the residents that live around these encampments?
5: Arvston is with Citizens for a Clean and Safe Denver, a grassroots organization that, like the majority of Denverites, supports the camping ban. Johnston's plan, he says, enables encampments and the criminal behavior that he says comes with them.
6: They're involved in violent crime, they're involved in property crime, and then just overall quality of life crimes. Why would the mayor want to continue enabling that behavior when we have such a great shelter system in Denver?
5: The more comfortable encampments become, he says, the bigger they will become and the bigger problems they will present for those who live near them.
6: It's really not addressing the core issue. The core issue is drug addiction and mental illness. The model needs to be recovery first and not housing first. There needs to be a more serious look at how do we connect these individuals with professional addiction counseling and treatment, not a wraparound service.
5: The new mayor, he says, needs to take a new approach. There's no compassion, Arvston says, in allowing people to openly use drugs until they overdose and die no matter how clean and comfortable their accommodations.
6: They need to come out in public and defend their position on this stuff so there can be a a debate out there in the public forum of what is the best solution. Right now, it's all hidden behind uh, uh, smoke and mirrors.
5: The mayor's spokesperson says he will unveil his plan to improve cleanliness as early as next week and is in the process of developing a full plan to address homeless encampments. For now, she says he is focused on outreach and support along with enforcement, although his office says there have been no sweeps this week. The mayor is also trying to identify more money to pay for all of his efforts. (laughs) <laughs> live in Denver, Sean Boyd, covering Colorado. Of course, yes. Sean, we need more money.
1: Much. Of course we need more money. Of you know, it w- we're spending a record amount. So the but the problem is, we don't have enough money to spend on the homeless. Do you know how much we're spending on each homeless person in Colorado right now? Over $50,000, $52,000 a year per person to address homelessness. So here's a few things you need to learn about the whole system, okay, I took study this in seminary, took a class on how to serve those, the whole, and if you're like me, you're looking at this going, what happened to homelessness? Because it's changed. It's absolutely changed. In the 1950s, 60s, it was called a hot in a cot. If you're struggling, somebody is going to provide a hot shower for you and a place to sleep at night, And you're expected to go work the next day. That was the cultural assumptions in poverty alleviation and taking care of the homelessness in America. You were expected to work. There weren't massive welfare systems designed to try to care for you. It was a hot in a cot, hot shower, hot plate of food, because you're probably just down on your luck for a little bit of time. Think about how much has changed and a lot of this goes back to lyndon baines johnson's great society the war on poverty okay our government has spent more money building a welfare state in this country than all the wars combined and has not moved the poverty needle at all the percentage Nothing. We've spent more money than all the wars combined. The Heritage Foundation, Robert Rector, did a whole study on this. They've built an entire system of dependency. Okay? And you guys remember this when Mike Kaufman was living as a homeless person. This was like two or three years ago. Okay? He took like two weeks in between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and didn't tell anybody. and just lived as a homeless person. He came back and he said, they're all drug addicted. Right, we have shut down the asylums because there was abuse going on. That was the argument in the 80s and 90s that there was systemic abuse taking place in these insane asylums. We must shut them down. So all it did was just force people into the streets where there's still abuse going on. You don't think there's sexual abuse taking place out there on the streets between people with mental health issues? Of course there is. But because we can't record it or measure it, we just ignore it. So here come a series of three mayors into the state of or city of Denver. John Hickenlooper, 2006, I'm going to get rid of poverty in 10 years. It's worse than it was when he started. Okay, we have record homelessness right now. Hancock comes in, makes it a priority in his administration. You end up with these urban camping taking place. You end up with... These tent cities taking place. I'm going to say this as clear as I possibly can. And I just wish the elected officials in the city of Denver would recognize this. You cannot in the same location. Allow for homelessness and families to operate. One or the other. Is going to flourish. Flourish. In the city of Denver, you're either going to have a 16th Street Mall full of businesses and opportunity and families and safety and fun times, or you're going to allow it to be overrun with drug users and homeless. Those are the only two options. And you get these guys like Kyle Clark, right, who shame you, shame you, say, how dare you not want to go downtown right now? Hiding out in your suburbs, peeping behind your curtains and drawn shades, scared of going downtown. Well, yeah, with the amount of crime and the amount of drug use and the amount of homelessness that's taking place down there. Guys, I just held a huge event down at the Colorado Convention Center. I walked around there. Nobody wants to live there right now. Nobody wants to work there. They can't find businesses to even want to take... Shops down in the 16th Street Mall. And what does Mike Johnson want to do? He's bringing in the cleaning ladies for these homeless camps. Not getting rid of them, but tidying them up a little bit. We'll continue this when we get back. Jeff Hunt filling in for Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, 710 K US.